Let me have a moment of prayer, please. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we are grateful to you. We're grateful to you that you sent your Son into the world. We are grateful, Father, that the Holy Scriptures tell us that God said, let there be light, and all chaos became order. And that said is the Word incarnate. That said is word that is intentional. That said is in word that is intelligible. It had a purpose. It is God's word. And the word became flesh. And the word walked among us. And the will of God and the chaos of life became order through Jesus Christ. And we are grateful to you, Father, that the chaos in our lives the chaos in our lives become order. And we praise you and honor you, Father, for all you have done, all you have intended to do. And we thank you, Jesus, for being our Lord and coming and suffering for us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being us today. May you be exalted this day in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, thank you, everyone, that is, has come here today to celebrate with me uh, the last uh, sermon, the last service that I will celebrate as the rector. I, I'm not saying this is the last and that's it. I'm gone away. I'm saying only as rector of St. David's, uh, this is my last a sermon, and if you would allow me to express to you some very important thoughts that I want to convey to all of you. I want to welcome those who are watching by live stream. I am conscient, conscient that many of you would like to be here, but you have your reasons for not being here, and I understand them. And I, I greet you, and I bless you, and um, I pray for you to feel that you are very much a part of all of us here today. And for those of you who have come, I am very grateful that you have come from many places in order to be here with me. We have finally come to this very special day. Um, a day that that is welcome, but it's also a day that is dreaded. Um, I know by most of you, and certainly uh, by me in some way, it is a day full of joy, but it's also a day that is difficult at the same time. The end of my ministry at St. David's, after... Um, close to 30 years, March 1st, it will be 30 years exactly, and prior to that, uh, another eight years, so that makes my ministry just close to about 40. Imagine that four decades, four decades going up to a pulpit and preaching the gospel, and then even before then, um, as a lay person, I was very involved in church and had the opportunity many times to preach the gospel. And it is the beginning of 
Father Astor's ministry here at St. David's as the new rector and the senior pastor here at St. David's. One of the things I want to make sure is that you all understand in your hearts that I want this day to be about God and not about me. This day is about God. I know you're here to be with me, but I want to change the focus to the one that really matters, to our God in heaven and the God of earth. After all, it has been him that has made me who I am. It has been him who has ever and will always be wrapped up in my life, even beyond this day. Because of who he is. Because of his grace and because of a mercy that was always undeserved. He chose me to be his priest even before I ever knew it. The older I get and the longer I go in the ministry, I recognize how many times in my life he had been there guiding me, thinking that I was making the choices when it was always now I understand that he had been making choices in my life and helping me make choices with a goal that I would eventually become his priest. Everything that I have ever experienced, I credit to him and I worship him. He has guided my every step in this journey and I expect that he will continue to guide my every step from this point forward. This morning all of the music that we will sing, all of the songs that we will sing, all of them were chosen by my family. We got together and, and I asked them, what is your favorite song? What is your favorite hymn? And they gave me a number of, of hymns, and Cindy was very gracious to just put them all. It doesn't matter how long we go, we're going to sing, and we're going to worship the Lord. So we chose, because of who God is, we chose indescribable. Because He is indescribable. And we also chose, changed our names because he has changed our family's name. And we so began today by calling all come, this is a time to worship. All of this intentional, because we want it all to be about God. I have always believed, I have always believed without any hesitation, that the church is not mine. The church is not mine. I don't own it. Never have owned it. Never will own it. It belongs to God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is its creator, and He is its sustainer. If it wasn't for Him, none of us would be here today. My ministry has never been a career path. Never. 
I thought I had a career until God started pulling me away from that career and bringing me into his desire, into his will, into his plan. And I can say to you that without any hesitation, I left everything that I thought was my life to choose the path that he had for me. So this has never been a career move or a career path. Rather, it has always been a deep and life-changing calling. Deep and life-changing calling. I have always, and I consider myself today, a steward and a servant of God. I am one who has been given the stewardship of the gospel. I have been given the stewardship so that I give it to you, so that I can study it, so that I can understand it, so that I can deliver it. I am but the servant of God to preach His holy word and have always taken my task as one of service to the Lord. I am a steward of the gospel. He's the owner of the good news. I am the steward of the, God, of the Word, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Whatever God has given all of us, independent, whether we are Jewish or Christians or anything, we are the stewards of God's desire for all of us. And I am the steward of the mysteries of God. And as I was thinking of that, I'd like to quote to you from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, because he echoes the same thing that I am talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstrations of the Spirit and of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God." This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they may be found trustworthy. My prayer has always been that the Lord would find me worthy, a worthy servant. And a faithful defender of the faith. A faithful defender of the faith. I never have wanted to be shame to the gospel or to my Lord in any ways. 
but to always stand for the gospel and for the word of God and for what God wants to do and calls all of us to be. I have defended the faith at all costs, even at personal costs at time. I might say with Paul, I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight physically because he has taken a lot of strength, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of struggles. I have fought the good fight emotionally because there have been many times when I've been drained, just completely drained and not knowing what to do next. And I have fought the good fight spiritually. You may not know it, but I have prayed for you. I have prayed to, for you sometimes in the middle of the night. I have prayed for you. I have prayed for issues in your life. Sometimes I had no idea why I was being awakened, but I would take that time to pray. I have prayed for you when you've been in the hospital. I have prayed with you and for you when you have had any need. I have fought the enemy for you in prayer. And I didn't need to tell you when or how or send you an email about it. But I have fought the good fight for God's people. I want to do two things that are very important for me. First of all, I want to ask for forgiveness to anyone, anywhere, at any time that I may have hurt in any way, shape, or form. Sometimes being in leadership calls me to make decisions that may not be what you wanted. Sometimes I may have made mistakes. Sometimes I may have said the wrong word. Sometimes I may have been angry. Sometimes all kinds of things. I want to ask any of you throughout my almost 40 years of ministry and to all of you here for forgiveness. If I have ever hurt any of you in any way, shape, or form. From the bottom of my heart, I ask you for forgiveness. At the same time, I want to give you all forgiveness for any time where you have hurt me, for any time when criticism has been unwarranted, for any times when I may have been stabbed in the back, when any time anyone has spoken about me behind my back, or in front of me as well, I want to tell you that not only do I ask your forgiveness, I also forgive anyone, anytime during these 40 years that may have hurt me in any ways. I want to state unequivocally, without doubt, without hesitation, without any idea of error, that I believe in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior, and my King. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, my strength, my guide, my counselor, and my comforter. And I want that to be clear as I preach my last sermon here. I believe at the exclusion of any other beliefs. I believe in my one God, my Father in heaven, my Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. I want to finish well. I want to finish well with God and with everyone. I don't want anything remaining of anyone. I want to make sure that I am okay with God and that I am okay with all of you. That our unity is one, independent of anything we may have experienced. I have always known that my last sermon, a sermon toward retirement, a sermon to say goodbye to you, I have always known I have been preparing this for years. I have always known that I wanted to take my sermon from St. Paul's farewell to the Ephesians. From St. Paul's farewell to the Ephesians. And I would like to read to you a moment what Paul had to say to the Ephesians, his beloved church, as he was headed toward Jerusalem for the last time. This is what St. Paul says. This is from Acts chapter 20. Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of enemies. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks and to all people of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction await me. In prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, and since he would not be persuaded, we seized and said, let the will of the Lord be done. Actually, I jumped a page. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see me face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day 
that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish one with tears. And now I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And then it says at the end, being sorrowful, most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. Paul says to you, and I say to you today, pay careful attention to yourselves. Pay careful attention to yourselves. Don't ever consider that you have already arrived. Don't ever consider that you don't need God's word to purify you continually every day. Don't ever consider yourself above the word of God. Do not ever consider that you have it all already worked out in your life. Pay attention to yourselves. Pay attention to your faith. Pay attention to the word of God in you. Pay attention. While you have life, pay attention to God's holy word for yourselves because you will never give another what you yourself do not have. Pay attention to yourselves and pay attention to all the flock. Pay attention to your brothers and sisters. Care for one another. Pay attention. If one in the body hurts, all should hurt. If one in the body is lost, all should go for the rescue. If one in the body is sick, all need to be in prayer. Pay attention to yourselves. Your color means nothing if the word of God is not in your hearts. Pay attention to yourselves. We all need to continue to grow daily. And pay attention to the word and to the flock. Pay attention to one another. I've always loved the idea of St. Paul telling them to be careful because fierce wolves will be coming after the flock. Fierce wolves. And I would say to you that the church has always experienced fierce wolves at its doors. 
I don't think the church has ever truly spent time in complete peace. I think the church has always been in a battle for the souls of all people, even unbelievers. The work of the church is not for those who are in. The work of the church is for the world. Jesus experienced wolves, religious leaders, Romans, Gentiles. He was persecuted in many, many ways. His disciples experienced wolves constantly. Every one of the disciples except for John died a martyr. The post-apostolic fathers, those that came after, experienced wolves at its doors and had to fight against heresies and against enemies of the church. But the worst thing that ever happened to the church wasn't the wolves from outside. It was the wolves from inside. Those that watered down the gospel inside. Those pastors who stopped preaching the gospel the way it was given to us to preach it. Those that watered down things. Those that changed the word of God for convenience and to be loved by the world. Those are enemies and wolves within the church and call themselves Christians. Paul wants us to guard against the wolves outside and inside. And so I call all of you, you will be under a new shepherd, and Father Steve will be here, Deacon Diane will be here. But it is your job to protect one another to teach one another, to serve with one another, to care for the body of Christ, the flock, the sheep. Each of you have a responsibility. If you have been called to be a leader in any way, shape, or form in this church, you are called to care for the flock by loving one another. What part of love one another don't we understand? What part of love one another don't we, including me, don't understand? Instead of cutting, we are to love. We are to heal. We are to comfort. We are to hold each other up. Because that is the way of God. The wolves come to steal and destroy and to kill the sheep. The serpent came to confuse. The wounded lion, the enemy of God, has come to eat up God's people. You are the flock and you need to protect the church. Do not go after new inventions of men. Do not go after changes in the holy word of God, but apply the word of God to yourselves faithfully. I go on into my retirement 
but I am only retiring from leadership in the church. I'm not retiring from my priesthood. And I'm not retiring from being God's son. And I'm not retiring from proclaiming the gospel and teaching the gospel. I'm only retiring from being the church pastor. You all have a call to help your new pastors. To help them and to lift them up. To support them. Because there will be times when they will feel alone. When they will feel that they can't go on. Perhaps like me sometimes, like they will feel that they're not good enough. That they're not good enough. And you just take a next step and the next step and the next step. And you keep going and then you come to 40 years. But you never, ever drop the cross. No matter what you do, don't ever drop the cross or change the gospel. For the crown of glory is what awaits all of us. So I say to you, thank you. I just want to conclude by thanking each of you. Listen, if I start thanking people by name, I just know I'm going to leave somebody out. And that would be a shame in my heart that anyone would feel hurt. So I want to say to all of you, not only my previous church, but this church, my friends and brothers throughout the diocese, men and women I have fought with hard for the gospel, I want to thank every one of you who has always held my arms up, who have always held me up in prayer, who has always loved me and loved my family. We are everything we are because you have been everything you are. And I, of course, want to thank my family right here. I want to thank Molly, my girls. I want to thank all of you who are my family. My immediate family because this is my family. But I want to thank you. My girls have fought beside me a great deal. My wife, I told Molly I wanted her to sit in the corner back there because I was afraid if I looked at her, I would start crying. I've already cried enough times, but I don't need to cry. I want to thank her. I want to thank every one of you, my girls, my boys, my extended family. They've always been there for me. So God bless you all. God bless you, and may God receive all the glory of all our ministries. Amen.